First things first, happy Mother's Day to not only our two beautiful moms, to every other mom in the world. And if you have a stepmom or an adopted mom or your mom's not around, you know, have her memories and your thoughts today. Or if you have a single father who has to take care of you alone, happy Mother's Day to all, to all you. It's very important. Um... And Yankees win another series. It's now two series in May. They're now four and two in May. And that's that's a very good start. Very good start. And it a long homestand. Now they have a long road trip. Um, ten games. So Baltimore, Tampa, Texas. So Yankees won't be back till the twenty first. Um so you know. All y'all who are used to just going to the stadium every day, now, now you get this time to relax a little bit. You know, 10 days is a long time to be going somewhere now. You get 10 days off. But the Yankees have been just playing really well. Stanton has cooled down since last week. Um, Clint Frazier continues just to suck. Miguel Andujar came and went like a bad cold. But that was obvious. Gio Urshela should be back Tuesday. Luke Voigt should, should be back Tuesday. Mike Ford will probably go down for Luke Voigt. There's no reason to have Migo Anduar here if Gio Urshela is going to be playing. Now, if, if, if he was going to go on the 10-day 10 10, 10 DL, then guess what? Anduar would still be here. But you want him having every day at bats. And, and he didn't even get that. Now, it's most likely because of Max Scherzer, because just like Max Scherzer carved up the lefty Mike Ford, he probably would have did the same to Andujar. You know, and Andujar is not, not a game-changing bat to where he's he's going to hit 400 feet home runs against Max Scherzer. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, Yankees didn't beat Scherzer. Scherzer made the Yankees look stupid, but he did... Go back into the game when I thought that he should have been done. You know, and uh, they, they eventually tied it up, and they won. And then they walked it off today on Mother's Day. After, of course, and Domingo Herman gave up a two-run bomb to Kyle Schwarber. That was just one of those high-towering home runs. And, you know, I thought it was pretty weird that a guy who hits women started on Mother's Day. Um, but he did pitch good. Six shutout innings, even though he couldn't finish good, you know, but he, 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 he was good today more than he was bad. So, I guess that's something to look forward to. Same, same, same with Corey Kluber. He wasn't great yesterday, but he was good. He, he did what he had to do, and, and, and of course he came off of those two great starts. But, they're back over 500, and it's nice to see. It's still got to keep moving. We shouldn't be content with what we've seen just over the six games. It has to keep going. Oh, yeah. And also, Tyone, he pitched um, pretty well until the bullpen decided to wet the bag on Friday. So, Tyone's starting to pitch a little bit better. Kluber pitched well. And Herman, again, I, I, say, I, I find it ironic. He pitched on Easter. Which is which is the risen of Christ? Then he pitches on Mother's Day, which is the most ironic of ironies for him to be pitching on. 
And listen, the Yankees um, took two out of three against two good teams. You know, despite despite the Nationals' record, they're still a good team. They won the World Series a couple of years back, so they're a good team. Astros are a good team, so so far the Yankees are winning against good teams, which is what they should do. Now, for me, the biggest test is Tampa, and the Yankees are still seven and twelve against the American League East. So you gotta do something to me, even though the Orioles are probably gonna be a last place team. Still, most of your wins came from Baltimore, so I'm not worried about Baltimore. It's Tampa and Toronto are the two teams that I'm more worried about. I and speaking of Tampa's coming up this Tuesday because uh, Monty's pitching and Gareth Hole is pitching, so you got so you got some pitching going on. The Yankees got to continue this momentum going, and for me, if the Yankees can take two out of three from Tampa, I'll be content because. You should be able to to sweep Baltimore, and you should take three out of four from Texas because it, it's very hard to do four game sweeps, and Texas is not a good team. So, I expect the the, the most difficult team on this road trip will be Tampa because Tampa's had the Yankees number, especially playing in that Tropicana Field. They've had their number, so the Yankees have got to win against Tampa because if you're not beating Tampa then you're not winning the division that's right and before we get to our guest the returning of Jill Guerin May 12th is the NFL schedule release we'll get to find out what day Tom Brady's going back to New England we'll, and we'll get to see everybody else's schedule and let's be honest that's the main date right now no, and for obvious reasons, but no other game is going to be bigger than that game. Especially since the Patriots should be good again. If this was last year, it's still a big deal, but it's probably going to be a crap, crappy game. This year should be different. And, it would be, it would be pretty funny, right, if... Because you had, when Brady was a Patriot, you had Drew Bloodsoul get the big contract. And Tom Brady's the backup. And then Drew Bloodsoul gets hurt. Wouldn't it be funny if coming into that game, it's Tom Brady versus Cam. And not that I want to see this, but it would just be a kind of weird fitting to a story that if Cam Newton gets hurt by trying to get a first down and seeing the torch be passed to Mac Jones with Tom Brady on the other side. I I think that'd be a pretty fitting way to to to, en- to enter the Mac Jones era. Uh, yeah, that that'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Um the NFL schedule's like a national holiday so that's a really a marquee game. I, that except on the NFL, that's a game I'm circling. Um, um, also interesting to see where Aaron Rodgers goes. As we discussed in the podcast, like remember after June first, the Packers can trade Rodgers, so it's going to be interesting where he would go. Um, the AFC West should be improved dramatically because. You got another year of Justin Herbert. Of course, you got Mahomes. 
interesting to see what Denver does, um, whether um, they can acquire Rodgers or because their defense is pretty good and they have some skilled position players. Uh, to me, it's, it's going to be intriguing. That Bucks, um, that Bucks Patriots matchup will be very intriguing. Uh, Zach Wilson had his first minicamp practice, and he says that he's going to earn the job, so he's saying all the right things. And so far, he's developing a chemistry with Coach Robert Sala. So, can't wait for the football schedule to come out. So, it's going to be interesting about the key matches we're going to get this season. Absolutely. We are here with the wonderful Jill Guerin. Um First things first, how have you been doing on this Mother's Day? And how how exciting is it to have minor league baseball back again? Yeah, I'm good. My my parents were in town in Visalia for um this Mother's Day. It was really nice to see my mom for a few days. Um, yeah, it's awesome to have minor league baseball back. I forgot how tired I am during minor league baseball season, how little sleep I get, but it's been great to be able to call some ball again. Hey Jill, welcome back. Thank um and this is James here after the sports dude. So now that um now that we're starting to get minor league baseball back and and, and we're getting into the swing of things, what what has um how do you how does it feel that you know that you're back in there, you're you're calling games, like how 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 that energy feel? Yeah, it, it was awesome. I mean opening day was a lot of fun. Um I'm, I'm lucky that I had a lot to talk about. I think uh, having the year off made it difficult in a lot of ways, but it made the broadcast a little bit easy because we just got to talk about baseball. We got to talk about how minor league baseball was affected, all the differences that were happening, um, all the league changes, but the new stuff in Visalia, the new players, it was just really easy to give the fans and listeners um, information. So it was, it was fun. I'm excited. Um, Today was our sixth game of the season, so I have 114 more. It's it's probably so early to tell, but from what you've seen so far off these six games, how how do they look? Uh, well, we've got our first win tonight. It took us five games, uh, or rather six games, I guess, to finally get our first win. Um, the team's good. They're just young. I mean, I'm 24, and I'm older than all of them. So wow. we have a really young we have guys who just graduated high school, 19-year-olds. We've had guys who've made their professional debuts this week. So, you know, they're still growing into their bodies, and that's not going to happen this year. It's going to take a few years for them to really mature because, you know, your body, especially boys, like your bodies change from 19 to 23. You get your big boy muscles, you know, your man muscles. Yep. So it's a little bit different there. And then also just their experience um, at the plate, you can tell that, they were probably the best player on their high school team, maybe one of the best players on their college team, and they just had to get up there and swing with all their might, and it would go over the wall. This is different. This is professional baseball. You have to swing at good pitches, but you also can't let good pitches go by. You can't wait for the one that you think you're going to hit. You have to attack the zone um, a little bit better and just maybe go to contact. Um. Which, it's crazy that it took, like, five wins, the team is young. And so I'm looking at my, I'm looking at, like, all different minor leagues, and you guys are young. So what are some of the growing pains some minor leaguers will have to go through before they can reach what we call the big leagues or the show, as as, as the cool kids like to call it? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I've only had one player that I've broadcasted make it to the show so far. Um, but in terms of just them maturing, I think that's just so important that they mature at the play or on the mound, on the field. Um, it's knowing your role on the team, too. So, for example, one guy um, his bases loaded in the bottom of the 10th inning. We were down by one run, and the pitcher just walked someone on four pitches. And this kid came up and swung at the first pitch that he saw. You, like, that, that's not what you're here to do. You, the pitcher has all of the pressure on them. Make them throw you a strike first. You know, don't go up there too eager to swing. And, and that's just, they're, he's 19 years old. I didn't learn that until I was 19. So he needs to learn. And, um, you know, they're going to have really high baseball IQ, but they need to have um, more maturity and more experience in the box to really understand what their role is, I think. And not, not only because it's minor league baseball, but when you're when you're managing a team that's so young, how much harder is it for their manager to to go through all that with 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 knowing their goal is to you know get them to move on and and advance in their careers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's because some of our coaches and managers they have so much baseball knowledge, and I'm sure they just want to like. Of course, you have to view a- interview AJ. Um, he was a 
kid drafted in the twenty in the twenty twenty draft. So it's like I have to interview him, and so they know, they understand. The guys who aren't big prospects know that they aren't, and they don't take it personally. They just kind of deal with it, and we don't have any um, prima donnas on the team or anything. That's that's very good, and if if he chooses. If he chooses to go into next year's major league draft, Jack Leiter should be the number one pick of the draft, and his his teammate Kumar Rocker should be not too far along. When when it's a player of that level who who could be expected to rise through the minor league system pretty pretty quickly, how how do you think a manager would go about that? I mean. It depends on the manager, but I would hope that a manager speaks to the same. Like, they need to learn how to be disciplined. They need to learn how to be selective and how to know how to have the mindset of a major leaguer. Um, I would hope that a manager would be able to instill those qualities in them. Um. From from look from from looking at the at, at um you guys and I didn't even know this but um Wade obviously we know that Wade Miley pitched a no hitter but that's not but that's not the point is what I didn't know is that Wade Miley was also on the Sinclair affiliate for, for the team that you're covering I had no idea when did this happen uh that was back in. Oh eight, he was. Uh, I think it was in two thousand eight. He was at the Rawhide. Um, yeah, I mean the Rawhide have had a lot of players come through who are big names: Kirby Puckett, Paul Goldschmidt, Max Scherzer, Trevor Bauer. Um, big, big names have come through here. Wow. And speak. Speaking of no hitters, you know, ma- Major League Baseball says four. I say five because. Madison Bumgarner pitched the amount of innings he was able to pitch. So, what do you think about Major League Baseball, you know, just saying that no-hitter isn't an official no-hitter? I think it should be an official no-hitter and just put a little star next to it and say seven innings, you know? Like, that's not, it's not his fault that he didn't have two more to go. Um, it doesn't take away the fact that he did not allow a hit during the game that he pitched, a complete game, by the way. Like, are we not calling these complete games then? Is that is that how far we're going to go? It wasn't a complete game that they threw because there's only seven innings? Like, how, how far are we taking this? Um, I'm, is- I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I say if that's the line they're going to go to, then you know what? Any stat, wh- whether it's a hit, a run, a homer, or an error, any stat in these seven-inning games should not count them because – Who's to say if he don't pitch two more innings? Who's to say they still don't get no hits? Why would that change? You know, it's just, it's just, it's just so, so disrespectful in taking the hard work that he did into that start and 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 against a good team. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. Right. It's it's also the idea of we play more baseball games now, so we have um, people who have hit more home runs than someone say back in the sixties, like. So that's because they've had more games that they've been able to play in. Does that mean that they didn't break the home run record? Like, what does that mean? So it's it's, it's all of these things where baseball tends not to think big picture. It feels like <laughs> it, it. It kind of seems like baseball kind of has its like own rules 
like this is how this is how it should be according to baseball this is what it is and it's kind of what's driving the sport so that well, not driving but dying the sport which leads me into this question i saw a clip of a minor leaguer he did an awesome backflip. He flipped. He was just like, because uh, I saw it shared by Jared Paravis, this minor leaguer. He flipped it. He was hyped. But my question to you is that, can that be allowed in the game? Like, as an announcer, and you're calling a guy hit a home run, and he's showing all that emotion. How would you feel, whether it's on your team or the other team? Like, would that bother you? Would you be okay with it? Like, how would you do it? I love bat flips. I love emotion. I was that person who, if I had a home run, I was looking into my dugout screaming, let's go. I was screaming, let's go from a double. Um, no, I'm I'm a big hype girl. I, I want to see the bat flips. I want to see the emotion. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's different. If, if a pitcher... And, a, and a, even a pitcher or a hitter tend to be more um, reserved and relaxed. That, that's totally fine. Like, I'm not hating on them for it at all. Like, you should do whatever makes you happy on the baseball field. If that's being cool, calm, and collected, dope. If that's you, like, pimping out a home run, great. Do you. You know, it, it doesn't hurt the game at all. It can only better the game. What hurts the game is people complaining about players being excited. What does that tell a young kid who wants to play baseball? Don't get excited that you hit a home run? Like, what? How, how, how does that help the game at all? Just like just like Trevor Bauer said, he's, you know, Fernando Tati should celebrate. He, he should close one of his eyes and point to his dugout and run around the bases. Because if Bauer didn't want him to do that, he, he should have got him out. And there was a, there was a couple backflips on, on social media over the weekend. The one that James talked about, I, I don't think that was technically a bat flip. That was more of a bat throw because he he, he has so many good types. and he throw this he throws his bat to 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 the third base side of of of, of, the, of the foul line. So that's more of a throw. And then and then I saw one guy swing his bat like ten feet up in the air for for a bat flip. That is where stuff can get a little, little dangerous. Like, what what if the wind knocks that bat and, and, and something bad can happen? So I'm, I'm, I'm all for the bat flip. But those two necessarily, I don't know. I, I, I think that's a little crazy. Provided that the bat flip, or let's just call it a celebration, provided a celebration does not um, potentially hurt someone, it sh- people should do whatever they want. If a celebration is going to physically hurt someone by throwing your bat somewhere, then we can talk about it. But that's the only line that I draw there. Now, one of the coolest things that I guess for me is one, my league baseball doesn't, doesn't get the coverage it does, but I see a lot of people love it. Is there a way that that my leaguers can get an increase in pay? Like, could that be negotiated in the CBA? Like, could, like, the minor league players tell the players' association to help increase pay for my leaguers? Because it's a joke what not only the players getting paid, but the but people like you that call in the game or other people that work in these stadiums, they don't get paid nearly as much. I feel like you guys deserve a bump in pay. 
Yeah, as far as the players, I mean, they did get a bump this year, but that was because they cut so many guys um, with cutting the amount of teams this year. So they did get a bump, not 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 much. Um, you know, the, the Players Association looks out for the major leaguers for the most part. Um, they rarely look out for minor leaguers. You see some guys, like I think it was David Price, the Dodgers, who paid the minor leaguers salary throughout the entire offseason during the pandemic. Um, you have people like that who still remember their grind in the minors because it's, it's a grind. Like, if you want to see the definition of grinding, come to a minor league baseball stadium. Every single person there is grinding. The staff for the front office, the players, the coaching staff, the ground crew, everyone is grinding. So it's it's tough. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see the players get paid more. Um, as far as, you know, you have guys who get awesome signing bonuses and you have guys who don't get anything. And I think that is going to change a little bit um, now that the when, when the when the draft was reduced to amount only five rounds last year, we saw a little bit more signing bonuses because free agents were able to negotiate a little bit more, from my understanding. But, um, yeah, uh, it's it's tough. I, I don't have the answer. I would love to see them get paid more. I just don't know how to do it. And then the last the last week of April, you you posted on on your Instagram that all all your coworkers and what all all wore jeans. You know, talk 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 about how important that tribute was, and and how and how it's good to honor stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the the full story of that for me is, um, I was raped when I was fourteen, and that was something that I mean, you know, I was fourteen years old. That was the, probably the the first really important thing that happened to me. You know, like so all the other big things, graduating college, playing softball in college, happened after that. So. Um, that affected me and made me who I am today. Uh, and in college, I became an advocate for survivors, and I started our sexual assault awareness game at Emerson College, where my junior and senior year we raised money for Rain, which is the um, number one um, nonprofit for sexual assault survivors. They raised money for survivors there, and. My softball team continued it after I graduated. Um, I think it was in March that the Athletic published the piece on me about my journey into the main, into the minor league baseball and to the booth, and um, also about my assault. So that it's kind of becoming more and more public, which is nice because I, I want people to know that um, there isn't a stigma around it. We don't need to be ashamed and that these issues need to be addressed in the world and in sports, too. Um, when And that article came about because on my 10-year anniversary of my assault, I tweeted about it saying about how proud I am that I'm still here, that I've become so successful in my life and I'm still working to be even more successful and how proud I am of myself to still be here. Then um, that article came out and more and more things about me um, have come, which is, again, great because I want people to be able to maybe take something away from my story. I hope other survivors can, I don't know, get, I don't want to say inspired because I'm not an inspiration or anything, but just know that they're not alone, to know that they have someone else who understands and that my, I'm like, my DMs are always open. People can always talk to me if they need anything. 
Um, and then posting those things like wear your jeans. It's, I don't want this to just like come off as, you know, a publicity stunt. Like, oh, I'm trying to make a name for myself because I'm a survivor. Like, boo-hoo, poor me. No, like, I want people to realize that things need to change in this world and things specifically need to change in baseball. That is, uh, that's really fantastic. And that's really um, touching it. It's uh, it's good that you put that out there, and hopefully, when people when listen to this, like you know, that's really important for people to know. Um, mm-hmm. so my thing is like, um, with spreading awareness and whatnot, like, um, is there is there any groups that people can can look for or look out for that 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 can help can help your cause? Because I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, you can donate there. They have information on um, people who need, if you need help, if you're struggling with something, they have a hotline that you can call. Again, it's R-A-I-N-N dot org. Um, they've done great things um, in the community helping survivors. I really suggest looking up their website. If you need help, if you know someone who needs help, or if you just want to be educated on the matter or want to donate, I highly recommend that. Um, awesome. That is fantastic. And on more of an interesting note, now, like with, with, with the team that you're covering, um, you got your first win. So how did the team feel? And you know, said earlier about how, like, you called it when it was great, but... What does it do for a team when you've lost your first five games? You finally win a game. Like, how is the morale of the team feeling now after that? Right. I think it was, like, a collective sigh. Everyone was just holding their breath today. Like, damn, we need a win, you know? Um, And finally, everyone was able to breathe out, sigh, chill out. Um, tomorrow's an off day for them too. They can relax and then we go on the road to Fresno. So it's just a nice way to end the season or end the series rather. So it's, it's just good. And and, and the morale was down, but it was more of just like, damn, what are we doing wrong? It was all one run games, just the smallest things. Like it felt like things just weren't coming together. And finally today they did. Um, and you know, I think it was just a, overall feeling of relief even for myself like I'm not on the field I'm not the one fielding the ball hitting the ball pitching the ball but I still felt tense I I'm able to relax more when the guys are winning and when they're in a better mood it's a lot easier to deal with coaches that way too so um just everyone felt relaxed afterwards the other day for the Cubs Beth Mullins was on the call uh you know how how exciting is stuff like that to see to where to where maybe one day you could call a, a major league baseball game. Yeah, I mean Beth is awesome. Um, I know her. Uh, she, she's one of my mentors. She's she's amazing. I've been able to reach out to her before and ask for help, and she she's legit. I mean, if there's any woman out there, a little girl who wants to go into play by play, you need to follow Beth Mellon. She has done everything. She has worked so hard to get to where she is, and she. Deserves nothing but the best. With Beth Mullins make calling games, um, how 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 far do we think that now we can get more women doing play by play? Like how far? Like how far do you think 
we will take so that it can be instead of becoming the first, it can be normalized. Uh, to be honest, 50 years. <laughs> um, for it to be, um, I, I, there's a difference. For it to be normalized, maybe 20 years. Um, for it to be like we're at 50% men are doing play-by-play, 50% women are doing play-by-play, I think it's going to take a long, long time. Um, mainly because we, we need women who are qualified to be able to do it, and there are plenty of women who are qualified um, to pursue broadcasting and know the sport, but there's not a lot of women out there who are doing the grind of minor league teams, and that's usually the way that you become a major league broadcaster. Not always. There's tons of other paths, but in terms of the actual minors, there's only five of us. So if there's only five of us now, and in 2019 when I was hired, there were three of us, and we've increased one every year, it's going to take a while for it to be 50% of minor league broadcasters as women, and it's a really competitive field to try to make it to the majors. So I think it's going to take a really long time for it to be normal solely because of how little openings there are in the majors. Yeah, that's that's the part you hit on right there. You know, qual- qualified, because you can't just have any anyone do it you know because if they're bad then it's gonna it's gonna it's just like Jackie Robinson right if if Jackie Robinson uh-huh. was bad no no other black player would would play major league baseball so so you can't have any woman they got to be good they got to know what they're talking about um but I'd like to think if maybe there there, there are just more whether it's starting minor league baseball or calling college baseball or high school softball or stuff like that you know the more the more there is and the more they see as for women like you and beth hopefully that will help them get the curve and say hey i want to do this too because i see someone like me out there Mm -hmm. yeah i i hope that that happens that's why i do try to be really vocal and that's something that someone like melanie newman who's with the orioles like she's really good at marketing herself and just putting herself out there and I'm, I'm trying to be like that. Uh, um, it's, it's difficult because I feel like I'm doing a million and one things and I need to take time to market myself, but it's really hard. Um, yeah, but, but, but I, that's why not only with like my assault story, I try to be really vocal, but just with things that I'm doing, like trying, trying to be vocal on social media, trying to interact with other broadcasters, saying yes to like every interview that I possibly can because A, I, I want to have my name out there not for selfish reasons but I want girls to be able to look up women broadcasters and my name be there I want them to see like hundreds of names on there not just myself so um, I want women to it's, it's tough because we just want to work and we just want to be able to do our job, but also we, we need to take interviews. We need to put our names out there, not just for ourselves, but for the little girls out there who don't know that they can do that. I couldn't agree more. That, and then that's why the grind does not stop. And, and, then, and, we can't, and tell me if this statement makes some sense. The grind for the grind that 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 you're doing, Jill, is fantastic. But I also feel like 
for it to help out the grind, I feel like more men should advocate for more women to be in those positions to speed up the process. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, I think it's for the men who are in hiring positions, be be open to a diverse hire. You don't have to look for it. We're not looking for a pity hire. I don't want to be a diverse hire. I want to be the best candidate, and you pick me because of that, and I just so happen to be a woman. Um, but we, we need men to be open to a new idea, and I think we're seeing more of that in the younger generation, and as the older generation is, like, retiring, um, I think we'll see a little bit of a, a sped-up process, but it, it still needs to happen. Now, now, of course, with you calling play-by-play for Monday League Baseball, I'm I'm sure you have very few nights when you're off. But on on the nights where you're free and you can have time, whether it's more Minor League Baseball or Major League Baseball, do you do you watch or listen to the games just to see what those other play-by-play or announcers do, just to see how you can just get a little bit more better? Yeah, I, I listen to as many major league games on the radio as I can while I'm working in the office. I'll do that. Um, the unfortunate thing is every single minor league team, except for I think some AAA teams, have Mondays off. So my off days I have to listen to major league teams, which is great. Like I love listening to baseball games, obviously, but I also want to listen to my fellow minor leaguers because I want to support them. I want to not, not steal ideas from them, but take a phrase from them that I like. Like, oh, I liked how they described that ball, that fly out. I'm going to write that down. And I, I mean, I, I stole something from Emma the other day. I heard on Emma Tiedemann, she's the broadcaster for the Portland Sea Dogs. And I was listening to her broadcast and she said bases are juiced. And I was like, how have I never said bases are juiced on so the great. broadcast? How have, I, how have I only said bases loaded my entire freaking career? Like, what am I doing with my life? So I took that from her and like, she's going to say, cool, you know, like her and I are friends. It's awesome that I can do that with her. So it's, it's things like that where I listen, I'll take phrases that I like. Oh, I really like how they describe that. Um, just being around baseball and listening to as much baseball as I can is so important for my career. Um, that is that is fantastic. And now you're seeing in baseball. This is interesting. The Red Sox are having a, a surprisingly good year. Um, the Yankees are three and a half games back. They're starting to find their stride, and and you're seeing a lot of interesting things. So, but I want to ask this question more for the Mets, and we didn't discuss this, but I'm going to say this. Do you believe Lindor and McNeil when they said that when they ran down the seventh inning there was a rat, a New York rat down in that tunnel? Do you believe that story? You've done interviews. Do you really believe that? Here's the thing. I don't know why they would lie unless they were just messing around. Uh, I mean... Come on, it's a major league baseball stadium. There can't be a rat in there, can there? Uh, but then again, it's a New York, right? Rat. I mean, they it's said they said raccoon rat. Yeah, it is New York. It's New York. It's Queens. I mean, <laughs> I mean Queens is probably one of the top, the old problem, one of the worst boroughs in New York City. But, you know, oh that's not even the point. But, 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 but the point is, is that, like, you know, it's, it's they said rat, raccoon. I, I don't know. 
the thing with the Red Sox is their pitching is probably going to hold them back as the season goes along. Remember, if this was 60 games, yo, Red Sox, they might go to the World Series. But Mm -hmm. it's 162 games. I do think the pitching is going to eventually catch up to them. Probably. I mean, the pitching will wear down. Players will wear down. It's the teams that have depth and that have young pitchers that have really, really good endurance. Um, Those are the teams that are going to go far. Um, But, you know, the Red Sox are fun to listen to. They're fun to watch right now. Uh, And, and again, as a Red Sox fan, but I, I really do think um, and this is nothing against the interim manager last year, but Alex Cora has a really good connection with a lot of the players, and I think it's really um, underrated managers who are from Latin America, um, who are bilingual, who understand their Latin players and the players from America. I I really do think that someone like that is really, really important to make every single person in the clubhouse feel welcomed. And then it's also it's also very important, like 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 when I was playing baseball, the, the my manager I needed to respect him. I needed to know mm-hmm. he he knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was doing. He he didn't necessarily had to play baseball himself, but but he had to know what he was talking about. And and Alex Cora's been been there. He's done that. He's 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 seen both sides. He's been a player. He he knows what to expect from management. And now he is a manager. He's he's a World Series champion. And everyone in that clubhouse knew last year. Okay, Alex has to go away this year. It's just gonna make things better because if he was a manager of last year's team, they would have got questions. Every single player and everyone on the Red Sox team. Would have got questions. Oh, did are you guys doing this? Are you guys doing that? How do you how do you feel about you know da da da? So that's why it's better. That's why Beltran went away, and I think it's a shame that he didn't get another opportunity. Um, but that's that's what Core does. You know, most most managers, I guess, with all these ad- analytics, they are just pencil pushers. But I believe some managers like Alex Core, they are the exception. I agree. I, I think AC has been really good for um, so many reasons with the Red Sox. Um, I don't know. He made it work. He made it work in 2018. He's really good. I, uh, I think the Red Sox will probably end up whipping um, one of their happy guys, whether um, if Adovino pitches, if he, if he turns around and he pitches well, or if um, if Martinez can Martinez continues to to raise, I think because High Bloom comes from the Rays, I think that he'll flip one of their their guys and get a prospect back. But um, my my other question to you is, with with all these no headers happening, let me ask you this: Is it great pitching or bad hitting? I think it's great pitching. Um. I mean, these these guys know how to hit a baseball. They have been training their entire life for this. They have so much help when it comes to analytics and video and coaches and freaking, like, nutrition and diet and workout plans and all of this stuff. They have everything, and the pitching is just so good. 
pitching is starting to be on the rise again in baseball, and, and everything evens out in baseball. Pitching becomes really good, and then batting becomes really good, and then it the other way again. So um, I think pitching is a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of fun to watch pitchers get out of crazy bases-loaded situations with one out. Um, I really do enjoy that part of the game, and I'm okay with the no-hitters. Those are fun. Those are just as, as exciting as big home runs. And don't get me wrong, like, when a team is hitting really well, it is a lot of fun, but it's also fun for a game to see pitchers just dominate. I don't want it to be every single game. I don't want it to be only one or two runs scored every single game, but every now and then I think it's a lot of fun to watch. I'm all for these no-hitters, and if you look at the no-hitters, they're not they're not studs. They're not aces. They're not. They're not the Groms or Coles who are blown by people away with ninety-seven, a hundred plus mile power, fourteen, fifteen strikeouts. They are control pitchers. Bumgarner, Rondon, Wade Miley, Joe Musgrove. They're they're guys who can just have really good control, paint the corners, and that's great. Sure, it's nice. It's nice seeing games when it, where it's nine seven, nine eight, and and I get it. One nothing, two one ball games. That that doesn't tickle the fancy to people who don't watch baseball. That doesn't get you know people saying, "Oh my God, look at that strikeout!" Woo, but it it just go it just goes back to the games like, like that World Series game with the Braves twins, John 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 Smoltz and I I, I always forget the name who faced them, but. But but games like that, those pitcher duels where it's it's just one hit, just like yesterday, we we saw Corey Kluber and Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer had fourteen strikeouts. Kluber had six. But it was that kind of game where, if you're the Yankees, you can't you can't let the Nationals score too much because you got a guy on 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 the other side who's pitching great. So that that I think is awesome for the game, and and I'm all for these no hitters. I hope there's more. Especially when it comes to teams who get no hit twice in the season, I I I think that's fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I totally agree with that. When it comes to um, people who aren't baseball fans watching no hitters, it's not as much fun. But for those of us who are big fans, um, it's exciting. It's electric. All right, Joe, you know the deal. You ready for some rapid fire? Let's do it. Okay. Um, with the who so far is your MVP of the American and National League in baseball so far? Oh God, I'm known as a fraud. I've been I haven't watched a baseball game in six days because of my minor league season. Um, e, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Uh, All right, a fraud. You just I'll, I'll, I'll do the homer. Xander okay. Bogarts for the Red Sox. He's my boy. Love him to death. I'm really happy we didn't trade him away. And as far as Trevor Bauer is just a lot of fun to watch. I don't. I have no idea what their stats are. Xander could not have had a hit yet this year, and Bauer could have a 100 ERA. But in terms of my MVPs of who I love watching play, those are my two. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay, if you <laughs> have to have had one pitcher, Game Seven, Jacob, um, Jacob Degrom. Garrett Cole, who are you picking? The Grom. Thank you. Thank I you. think he's 
provided he doesn't have the back problems right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. The only thing that Garrett Cole has on his side is the um, experience level. Well, yeah. Um, finish this sentence. The Red Sox will be in what place at the end of the season? Second. Ooh. Weird. I like that. Okay. Finish this sentence. Shohei Otani is what for baseball? Amazing. Ah, I like it. I like it. Another question. Which player would you start your franchise with? Juan Soto or Acuna Jr.? Just ultimately release Brett Gardner because anyone can get cut. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, do you think the yeah? Do you think they should release Brett Gardner? Um, I, I think why not? I, I, I ask that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, Thank I, I I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of Gardner. Um, I think he is a good baseball player, and he's good for the Yankees and has been over the last few years, and he brings a lot of maturity to the clubhouse, but I don't think he's a necessary part of the lineup or of the team. Thank you. Also, the most important question, if the Yankees, if the Yankees don't win the World Series, Will Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman be fired? Uh, how many years has it been? Maybe. Oh, uh, it, it's been it's been eleven years since since the Yankees last won the World Series, Jill, two thousand and nine. Uh, okay, here here's my answer. Yes, but I don't agree with it. Well, that is fair. And before we get you out of here, the most like when you call a home run call, how like for what between you between whether it's home or away, like how much how much emotion do you put on it when 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 it's a bomb as opposed to like one of those like cheapy home runs? Um, I like describing each each home run. I don't want to have the same one. For each one, and in terms of um, excitement level, I try to be excited for every single play. But of course, it's, it's tough. Um, I think I definitely have my energy ramped up for close situations and big plays, and you know, tied ball games. So that's usually when I have my energy ramped up. Awesome. Well, Jill, all I gotta say is thank you again for coming back on. We appreciate, we appreciate it, and I agree with you that Gardner should be out of here because he's a bum. But thank you again. But thank you again so much. And before we go, where can our listeners check out um, your games and where they can follow you? Absolutely. So, again, my name is Jill Guerin. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter at J-I-L-L-G-E-A-R-I-N. So, at Jill Guerin, both on Twitter and Instagram. As far as listening to games, you can download the M-I-L-B first pitch app. It's free to listen to and 
That's where you can listen to myself and all the other minor league broadcasters in the nation. Well, Jill, thank you again for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure talking to you. Take care.